Luke may have written his book long after Christ has ascended to heaven. A physician, you know, they tend to be technical and good record keepers. A great historian put this story together, and we're so blessed by his ministry for this book and the book of Acts. In our story today, we're going to look at two stories, the birth of John the Baptist, who was related to Jesus in the natural, and the birth of Jesus, not in their births, but in their dedications. This is where we get the practice of dedicating our children to the Lord, honoring them. They, in Jewish culture, do that on the eighth day of a child's life, and then at the end of the days of purification, especially for firstborns, an offering is given in place of their child, which with Jesus is significant because one day he would be the offering, and we celebrated that today in communion. So John the Baptist was also a miraculous birth. His parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, were old and had been barren. And while ministering, an angel of the Lord visited Zechariah and predicted the birth of John. Zechariah argued with him. So for a sign that it would come to pass, uh, he was made mute. He got mutated. <laughs> when you can't talk anymore, you can't let unbelief come out your mouth anymore, right? Amen. So that, that one will preach. <laughs> he somehow communicated to his wife what had happened. And so on the eighth day, let's go ahead and start with verse 59 of Luke 1. So it was on the eighth day, that's the ideal time for a circumcision, the blood clotting agents in our blood is higher on that day than any other day of our lives as males. They came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zechariah. His mother answered and said, no, he should be called John. Well, in that culture, <laughs> very patriarchal, men rule the roost. And she got some pushback. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who's called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have him be called. And so he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. Any Johns in the house? A great name. His name is John. So they all marveled. Wow, why John? Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosed and he spoke praising God. So the first words he spoke were different than the words he spoke, you know, nine months earlier. Praising God. Then fear came on all those who dwelt among them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying, what kind of child will this be? And the hand of God was with him. Now his father Zechariah, who is now speaking, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Give it a messianic prophecy. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, 
the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. Going all the way back to Genesis 15. To grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Now here's where we're heading today. Verse 76. And you, child, John, will be called the prophet of the highest. And you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. Some translations say the sunrise. Can we say light? To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So there's a knowledge of salvation which can be called light. There's a dawning of a new day which definitely includes light. And there's light promised to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. That's light. And then to guide our feet in the way of peace his word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. And when he began manifesting, he began proclaiming, it was time to repent, get ready, the Messiah is coming, the kingdom of God is near. So fast forward, Christ is born and on the eighth day he is circumcised, verse 20 of chapter 2. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, or salvation, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So God was honored by the offering of a sacrifice to him, the shedding of blood for the one who would shed his blood. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. There's a lot of people that have gone on to meet the Lord who believe they were going to be alive for the rapture, and they're gone. But it happened for this guy. Not for the rapture, but for the coming of the Messiah. He would see the Lord's Christ, or the anointed one, the Messiah. So he came, verse 27, by the Spirit into the temple... And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. 
Then Simeon blessed them and said to his Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. This woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. So when they had performed all these things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Looking back at verse 32, it was prophesied that he would be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Lord, as has already been proven, we need your help today. Help! Thank you, Lord, for Christmas and what it points us to. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I'd like to speak to you for a few minutes on Christmas light. Christmas light. Five life-giving illuminations. Promising light, preceding light, personifying light, perceiving light, and publishing light. Promising light is prophesied light or predicted light. And we saw these predictions given to the ministry of John the Baptist by his father, who's now speaking for the first time in nine months, filled with the Holy Spirit, that he would lead the way for people who would find light who were sitting in darkness, that he would be the day spring, the day star, the sunrise. When Israel was traveling from Egypt into the promised land, their enemies, the Moabites, wanted to put a stop to it, and they hired a prophet, I call him a false prophet, who prophesied the truth, named Balaam, to predict ill things about them. And he couldn't. Every time he opened his mouth, out came good things. In the midst of those prophecies came this messianic prophecy. He said, I see him but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter, a scepter shall rise out of Israel. This is Jesus. The prophet Malachi prophesied, to you who fear my name, this is the Lord speaking through him. Somebody said he was a, an Italian, his name was Malachi. To you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. So there's light that emits from the sun and from stars and definitely through these prophecies. Uh, we read this earlier. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Verse 78, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way 
of peace. Can we say light? light. So his light, Christmas light, was predicted in advance of his coming. And we see it predicted even at the dedication of Jesus. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He said, now, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen, to see you need light, have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Any Gentiles in the house that have received revelation? And the glory of your people. Can we say Christmas light? Then there's preceding light. These are signs of light that point to the light. Physical light, manifestations of natural light that were used to point to the one who's the ultimate light. In Matthew 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east. From the east came to Jerusalem, saying... Where is he who has been born of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So they were in the east. They saw the star, no doubt, west of them as they headed towards him, came looking for him because of the light they saw in the heavens. And they were told by Herod, who found out from the experts that uh, he would be born in Bethlehem. And so Herod said, when you find him, come tell me, because I too want to worship him, which wasn't true. And it says, when they, having heard the king, went their way, verse 9, behold, the star which they saw in the east went before them until it came and stood over them where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. So here is light pointing to the light. So we've seen light predicted, and here we see light manifesting, pointing to the one who's the ultimate light. In Luke 2, the earlier part of that chapter, before we started reading about Jesus, the shepherds saw light. Uh, they were in the country, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So this was at night. It was dark. There's stars in the heavens. But here's an angel who appears, and here's the glory of the Lord shining around them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. So this angel points them to the light while light is shining. So it is, I think, not just a festive thing, but it's a good thing to use light in celebrating the Savior's birth. Hanukkah is called the festival of lights, isn't it? Because of the miracle of one day's oil giving light for a full eight days till they had enough time to put together the proper formula for the oil instituted for worship. Now let's talk about personifying light. This is light that is in the flesh. This is the man. This is the one who is the light. John begins his letter. 
This is John the Apostle, not John the Baptist. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And we know from the Psalms, the Word brings light. In Him was life, verse 4, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There are people that are blinded to the light. They don't comprehend it. They need God's help to open their eyes. Who's thankful the Lord opened your eyes? It was a man named Saul, who we know as Paul, who was blind to the light. He was around this time, blind to it, and set out on a quest to harass the church, men, women, and children, to jail them, persecute them, to, to, to execute them. And it took a blinding light from heaven to knock him down, blind him, and bring him to his senses where he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. John goes on to say in the first chapter, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone who is coming into the world. So the light is Jesus and as his lights in the earth, our job is to, like John the Baptist, point people to him. In John 3.19, in his discussion of salvation with a man named Nicodemus, Jesus said, this is the condemnation. The light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Why do people want to believe in something other than than God. We don't want to be accountable. We want to do what we want. Well, how's it working for us? Just look at the chaos in the world. It's, it's Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to the end of the chapter happening in our day. Because men love darkness rather than light, and they will close their eyes to the light. Christ personified light himself. He was the light. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John 8, 12. Chapter 9, verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And chapter 12, 46. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Tell someone, Jesus is the light. Now, here's where we come in. The perceiving of him as the light or the receiving of light. The conversion process. We are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. So we're brought from darkness to light. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness. No more night. Second Corinthians 4, Paul, who now sees the light, verse 6 says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God commanded this. All glory for our salvation goes to him. We have an enemy kingdom of darkness, 
does not want us to focus on this. They want us to approach this, yeah, 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 yeah. Just give me a religion and then I can go on my way. No, this is not a religion. This is life. This is the light of life. It's been given to us. God originated it. Here's who we are called to be, 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've been chosen by the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We used to sing this, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That's old King James for special people. To show forth the praises of God who has called you out of darkness, out of darkness, out of darkness, into his marvelous light, into his marvelous light. That's us. We've been called into the light. Who's glad about it? Now we have a job to do. It's to shine the light, to publish the light, to show forth the light. In spite of the darkness, in spite of the conflict, we are called to shine, to shine. Jesus gave us this assignment. Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So our good works is, is our fruit, right? It's putting our walk with our talk. It's action, Letting our light shine. The light of God's love shines through us. This isn't always easy. Christ shine on us through somebody that sacrificed their time to tell us the good news. And he shines through us. Maybe it wasn't convenient for them to tell us about the Lord. But they shined anyway, and here we are. We're called to do the same thing. Paul wrote in his letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 5, verse 8, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. It's our walk, not just our talk. Uh, I saw a meme the other day. I really liked it. I don't care if your business card has a fish sign on it, but I hope that your work proves you're a Christian. Sometimes you see a fish sign, you may not want to call that number. You want the work. And he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. How do you expose the fruits of darkness? By shining the light. Amen? I was speaking to a former missionary to India who stayed in an area that was just in incredibly infested with roaches and critters rats and all sorts of things and in that part of the world where the culture is to let everything live they have bombs that knock mosquitoes out so you can sweep them up and take them outside 
Otherwise, you can't get any sleep. But this particular place where they were, they slept with the lights on because it kept the roaches and the, the mice away. And the missionary said, listen, I've got to get some sleep. So for his comfort, they turned the lights off. And the next morning, one of the hosts had a bite taken out of his earlobe by a rat. He said they were gracious. They teased him about it. So light exposes darkness, right? There are bugs that would come in and infest our lives if we allow them. We've got to let the light shine in so we can let the light shine out. Do all things, Philippians 2, 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may be blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Oh, we all can do this till, till we get offended or till things don't go the way we expect. It's unmet expectations we got to watch out, right? So this sermon actually isn't a warm, fuzzy Christmas, let's grab some cocoa sermon. It's prepare your hearts. Christmas is coming. Some of those kin folks are annoying. Maybe there's that weird uncle. But we've got to shine the light of Jesus. Amen. Watch out for politics and all the theories that are out there. We're to be wise in what is good. Romans, the last chapter, ends with some wonderful things. And one of the things Paul writes to the Roman church is be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. You may know all about what the kingdom of darkness is doing, but what is the kingdom of light doing? That's where we need to excel. Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, Miss Yvette has a perfect illustration having spoken at the ladies' tea on shining our light, especially in the Christmas season. She got tested the other night. Friday night. Come tell us about it, babe. So last week we had this fabulous ladies' Christmas tea and it was just amazing. So thankful for that time. And the Lord inspired me with a word regarding the lights that are behind us. And it was like just as the shepherds saw a light come down from heaven. Go follow this light and you'll find the Savior of the world. Tell the story, babe. I'm going to. I'm setting it up. I'm setting it up. Just go with this. So I was inspired with this word that just as the light came down from a star and shone on the place where Jesus was about, was about to be born, it led those shepherds to Jesus. So we are also called to be stars, shining stars, continually leading people towards the Lord. Can I get an amen on that? That's good. Because we do live in dark in a dark place right now, but yet we're the ones with the light. We're the answer to the world. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I'm the answer. Well, the other night I wasn't quite that. I was with a couple of friends and we were out late to have dinner. The friend who we were with said, I need to warn you, this place has amazing food, but the service is terrible. I'm like, 
And why are we going there? He's, he's like, because the food tastes really good. You just have to overlook the service. I'm like, I'm a real stickler for good service. So we get there and it takes 10 minutes to have anybody come by and they said, what would you like to drink? We'll get some water. Took another 10 minutes to get the water. And then somebody comes by and said, oh, well, are you ready to order? Yes, we are. We gave our order and we're still sitting there like 30, 40 minutes later and there's like two or three tables that have people at them and a table outside of four. And I'm getting a little agitated, maybe a little hangry. Maybe. So um, this lady, young lady, comes up. She goes, has anyone taken your order? They, I said, well, actually, you, they, he took our order for coffee. He hadn't taken our order for the food. She goes, oh, that would be our bartender. He's taking was taking some tables for us. And I'm like, well, he has our coffee order. She goes, he hasn't made your coffee. And we're there 30 minutes. And I looked at my friend. I'm like, and why are we here again? Remind me. Is God trying to test me on something? I don't know. So I said to the lady, um, well, we're, we're kind of wondering what is going on. She goes, well, there's a lot going on now. We have a, we're very busy. And I look around the room, and there's three tables. I'm like, really? She goes, oh, so there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And we're wondering, what is going on behind the scenes? So anyway, she comes back uh, before she, she asked about the coffee, it was an espresso that I was going to get. And I'm like, oh, I won't sleep. So I'll just take a regular coffee with almond milk. And she comes back. She goes, I need to tell you that the almond milk is going to cost 69 cents. And I'm like, are you kidding me? After being here for 30 minutes, I think you will give me coffee with almond milk and you will not charge me. And she goes, no, ma'am, I have to push the buttons on the screen to make sure that it gets out right. And I said, well, how about you push those buttons, then you get your manager and you tell them to take that 69 cents off. And she goes, well, I don't know, ma'am. I can call my manager. I'm like, why don't you do that? So <laughs> that's the other side of Missy Bet, okay? <laughs> so she walks away, and it's like another 20 minutes before we even get our coffee. So, <laughs> come on, people. Y'all would be, the, you all okay, would be the same way. Okay, Alan's like, roll it out, roll it out. So anyway, I'm sitting there with my friends, and I said, I know I'm supposed to probably minister to this girl right now, but I am so mad. And I know I'm supposed to be letting my light shine, but I don't care. I am just so mad. And I really want to just get up and walk out of this place. Well, finally, the food came, and the food was really awesome. And I said, you're right, the food's great, but the service, we're not coming back. In the interim, uh, one of the young ladies who I was with, she said, did you notice her earrings? I'm like, no, I'm too angry to notice earrings right now. She said she had butterflies on. And if anybody knows me, I'm all about butterflies. I wear a butterfly ring all the time because of what it represents. So I thought, oh, Lord, I need to redeem this situation. She comes back up, and she goes, well, how are you feeling now that you've eaten? You're not hangry anymore, are you? I'm like, girl, mm. So I said, took a deep breath, 
my friend pointed out that you have some butterfly earrings on. And she said, yes, I do. Do you want to see them? I'm like, sure. I said, look. She goes, oh, wow, that's beautiful. She goes, butterflies mean so much to me. So here's the point of contact. I said, what do butterflies mean to you after she showed me these very beautiful earrings? She said, well, my grandmother died, and she used to take care of me a lot. And after she passed away, I went on a missions trip, and a friend of mine, so now she's gone on a missions trip. I'm thinking the girl's going to hell, you know. <laughs> she went on a mission trip, means she's a Christian. So um, she said, my friend said to me that many times after someone passes, there'll be a sign that comes that lets you know that person loves you or just to bless your heart, right? How many of you have seen those things like butterflies or cardinals or just different things that lets you know, oh, I feel close to my loved one. She said, so anytime I see that, I feel close to my grandmother. And so here I am mad at this girl and she sees a butterfly and now she feels close to her grandmother. Then we began speaking about where she wants to be in a, a couple years. She goes, well, I just gave my notice in today, and I'm trying to make decisions on where I'm going to go to school. She goes, I think I want to do psychology, but she goes, I'm not really academically inclined, and I love styling and design, fashion design. Okay, I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> I love style, style and, and uh, fashion design. I said, can I just give you a suggestion? So here's the word from the Lord. If you don't have an academic brain, don't try to go that way. You have an art artistic brain, and God, you love design. Pursue that. Pursue marketing and design in fashion. She goes, well, my mom does own a line of clothing that she sells at Neiman's. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, Finley shirts. Here, I'll pull up. And now she's just talking. I'll pull up the... Um, Website, you can see it. And I'm looking, yep, those are Neiman's prices. Yep. <laughs> Not my store. Yep, that's great. I'm like, you already have an inroad into the design world. Oh, my goodness. I said, why don't you ask your mom to mentor you? And she can open doors for you in this area. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to do that. I'm going to pursue that. So had I stayed on my high horse about 69 cents <laughs> for my coffee... Uh, the almond milk in my coffee, I would have been robbed of an opportunity to bring comfort to this young girl and give her wisdom going forward with her academics. Uh, there's two cool things about this. Her name was Eve. I told her my name's Yvette. <laughs> She's like, oh, wow, so cool. And then um, the last thing is I kind of got vindicated because not only did I get the 69 cents off, the manager took off two coffees on that bill. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Moral of the story? <laughs> I'm just doing this to bug him. <laughs> Moral of the story is be conscious of letting your light shine. Be conscious of your witness. And if you do happen to have a bad day because you're hangry or whatever it is, ask the Lord to help help you redeem that situation. You just never know who you're going to touch. Thank you. Especially if they're handling your food. Amen. 
So, we conclude with a question. We're facing Christmas of 2021. You got pro-vaxxers in the family, you got anti-vaxxers in the family. You have Republicans in the family, you've got Democrats in the family. You've got cancer culture in the family. And let me tell you, the cancer culture swings both ways. Oh, yeah. We can cancel folks just like somebody else can. So we've got to be on our guard. John, the apostle, said this to us. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. Let's pray. Lord, I know we're in a room full of people who don't want to hate people. But Lord, there are HTLs on the earth, people that are hard to love. Lord, we just pray that you would give us grace to extend to those who need it. Lord, we do not know what they're facing in their lives. We do not know why they believe what they believe. Lord, we know that you have opened our eyes We pray, Lord, that you would use us to shine your light without blinding folks or repelling people, but, Lord, to draw people to the foot of the cross. Lord, may our lives be lives that are gracious in Jesus' name. Amen. Bob Lanning quoted this to me the other day as a result of last Sunday's sermon. He said, mercy is what you extend to a stranger that has aggravated you. But grace is what you extend to a friend who has hurt you or aggravated you. I believe we're in a room full of gracious people. May the Lord help us to be that with our kinfolks and our neighbors, our in-laws, our outlaws, and our exes from Texas. In Jesus' name. Let's stand. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. I pray the Lord blesses you and keeps you. I pray the Lord lifts up his countenance upon you, makes his face shine upon you, and is gracious toward you and through you in every way. And may you walk in his peace in spite of the conflict and chaos in the world. And Lord, we pray right now for Kentucky and the surrounding states that have been impacted by this disaster. Lord, we know the earth is groaning, creation is groaning for your return, for you to make things right. In the meantime, Lord, help your people, those who are grieving, those who are hurting, those who have lost much. Lord, may we be a light to them in some way, Lord. Show us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go get them, tigers.